Welcome back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike and I got my lime Matt with me. And today joining the podcast is Jason from Vegas Fever. What's going on, man? Oh, not a lot, guys. How are you? Thank you for having us. We appreciate you so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. No problem, man. No problem. So uh, let's talk some hockey, man. You are from Vegas. Got a lot going on this past uh, this past offseason, uh, mainly with the, the the kind of bumble with Marc-Andre Fleury. To give DeBoer a, you know, a, a pass, you know, he he mentioned that Fleury is not on, on social media. And he was given news by his agent that he was traded. To his credit, apparently during the trade, they can't say if someone has been traded unless the trade call is, has gone through. The trade call hadn't gone through and the trade got leaked. Marc-Andre Fleury found out about it before he could be told by the organization. And then a complete windfall came down uh, from the fans, from from pretty much everywhere that, that really made the organization look bad. Do you think that that it was done on on purpose? Do you think that it was meant to disrespect Flurry in in some way? Well, I can tell you that it rubs a lot of people in the organization and a lot of fans, uh, especially my my co-host, my wife, very wrong. <laughs> and and you know, we tried to go about the game looking at it from a professional standpoint and not really taking it too seriously. But the fact of the matter is, is that Marc-Andre Fleury was the heart, soul, and everything of the organization. That's the bottom line uh, for, for four years. And he was told he was going to retire as a Golden Knight, and he was planning on living in Vegas after. He was told that by Bill Foley, the owner, multiple times. So when you have a owner telling you, fans love you, you think you're going to be around. Now, Marc-Andre Fleury was not, he, it's not his fault that he was given a $7 million contract, a $7 million cap hit. That, see, that's not his fault. The organization gave him the money. He took it. He was worth it. He stood on his head every night. He did stuff he needed to do for four years. He's done it for his entire career. And Vegas was gifted Marc-Andre Fleury in the expansion draft because Pittsburgh didn't want to lose Matt Murray and others, right? So here, here, here comes Flurry. I think that he was not screwed. It just wasn't handled the right way. Before that trade call goes through, before it's done, you need to be on the phone with Mark Andre Flurry and telling him that there is a potential, a very high potential, that this is going to go through. So, you know, I feel that. They didn't do him right. I was very critical of Marc-Andre Fleury uh, last year and the year before just because, you know, they brought Robin Leonard in and I really thought that Robin Leonard was, you know, going to be the guy. And I know that we'll get into that in a little bit, you know, but he was uh, brought in and it became a problem. And I think that the reason, you know, the way that Marc-Andre Fleury was, was let go wasn't, wasn't fair. It wasn't right. You know, you want to dump seven million in cap space, that's perfectly fine, but you should you should you should be straight with the man who is the reason why you have a Stanley Cup appearance and why you have, have been able to hang banners and been pretty darn good over the past four years. Uh, I don't think he got the uh th- the longest straw, I'll tell you that. You know, it, it's really funny because I don't know what it is with the Blackhawks in Vegas. We get Subban, we give you we give you laner. 
<laughs> you give us flurry. You know, it it seems like there's like a carousel between these two organizations and and the goalie position. Um, do you think that you know? I was listening to your podcast and you were mentioning that you know Robin Leonard has, you know, he has um, he's either hurt or you know he he just doesn't have the not in the position to kind of take over that number one role in an organization this year he's definitely getting that opportunity to take on that number one role but he has an ailment right now do you feel that the wrong move was was moving flurry and not robin laner yeah absolutely 100 percent. and I have many different opinions on this. When when Robin Leonard first came over, I was very high on Leonard because Leonard, you know, he was still under 30, uh, still is. And he never was the guy. He was never the guy anywhere he had been. He had never gotten a long-term deal. He was just looking to be the guy in, in, you know, in a certain spot. So if they bring over Robin Leonard, I thought it was fantastic. And I thought that the, the tandem could work. Leonard has not been able to stay healthy. Um, and he's said some things that are interesting, some right, some not so right. You know, what you get with Robin Leonard is what you get. Robin Leonard plays with his, you know, with his heart on his sleeve. He plays very hard. He's very passionate. He believes in, in, in everything he says. And, you know, He's an all-around good dude, but the wrong move was made at the end of the day. At the end of the day, Marc-Andre Fleury should have stayed. They should have traded Robin Leonard. They should have. Uh, they should use Logan Thompson, who was basically the Vesna winner in the AHL last year, right across town in Henderson. And they should have let Logan Thompson be Marc-Andre Fleury's right arm for a few years, and then that's the guy right there. Uh, I mean, you give Leonard a five-year five million dollar a year deal you sealed Marc andre Fleury's fate when you did that and leonard needed to live up and i don't think he has he's got a little bit of an issue again he hasn't been the guy for a full season multiple years like like Marc andre Fleury has he's not been a you know a you know a star anywhere and so until that happens and it's going to need to happen now you know, Vegas brings over uh, Laurent Brassois, and Brassois was good. He's been good, you know, in the couple outings that we've seen in the preseason. You give that guy $2.3 million, I think you're throwing away money. Uh, honestly and truly, with all the goaltenders that changed hands, you know, over the course of free agency, I think that they whiffed on everybody and they get Laurent Brassois. Okay, fine. So now you have Leonard and you have Brassois. Did you get better? Absolutely not, in my opinion. And they didn't get better on the bottom six either, for that matter. And look, maybe some things work out. I'm I'm very critical. That's, the, you know, I love this team, but I'm also very objective. And I see both sides. And I, I think that, you know, I, I really hope I'm wrong because I like being wrong because that means that, that something's gone right with the Golden Knights when I'm wrong. I really hope that this goalie tandem works out. But I, I think we could be in for some some interesting games in a long season this year. You know, with Robert and Leonard, it, it's almost like, is this guy just an elite backup? You know, do, do you need to have a star goalie and then Robin Leonard as, as an elite backup? Because 
you know, like you said before, he hasn't been the number one guy, but when he comes in in relief, comes in and needs to play a few games, at least when he did in Chicago, he stood on his head and he really gave us a chance to win some games and stole some games from him. We were hoping for us. Remember, Mike? Yeah. We were hoping he would have been the guy after Crawford and they decided to go with Crawford. And at the deadline, he went to you guys. And um, And Malcolm Subban went to Chicago. I was disappointed in that, man. Yeah, I really was. Absolutely. That was a bad deal. That was a bad deal for Chicago. You can have Subban I mean, back, though, if you need a backup you, goalie. You, you know, if we got Subban back, we'd have so <laughs> much more to talk about because that guy was horrible. You know, M- Malcolm Subban really was... Ne- I mean, he, he had every opportunity, and he just... I got to be honest, man. He just kind of crapped his pants. You know what I mean? Like, like, like he, he really just dropped the ball. He would get six or seven goals scored on him. He's all, he's all time. He's fantastic in the shootout. (laughs) I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic in the shootout is, is, uh, is Subban. He's one of the best, like all time minimum games, you know, played like of like five or 10, whatever. He's fantastic in, in that on -on one-on-one, but he, he can be fooled and he's not consistent. And I was very, very surprised uh, when they did what they did. And I'm like, wow, we end up with Robin Leonard. You know what I mean? Like, what a tandem. Like, how does Vegas not win the Stanley Cup? uh, Clear favorites. I mean, you know, clear like top two. And, you know, the power play and the offensive woes failed them for the second straight year. And then you go out and you bring over Brett Howden. And it's just it's just not sexy. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Dodonov is a good player, and you know you have you have potential with Peyton Krebs, and you know you're going to have Alex Tuck out for you know a lot of the year, uh, half the year. Wow. And that's that's my favorite player on your team. Yeah, he's out until the end of January at least. And by time you know February rolls around with the All Star break and the Olympics, I don't really know how much you're going to see about Alex Tuck. But Peyton Krebs has a ton of responsibility now, and. I, I I mean, I look at the bottom six, you know, and I'm just, I mean, Matthias Janmark, who is another ex-Blackhawk, I, I, I feel like he's a good, he's a solid guy at times. He has a hat trick in game seven of the first round against Minnesota. He... He, he, you know, he's done some things, but I think when you're, when you're mixing all these guys, I, I'm just not sold right now. I mean, the season is played and, you know, everything could change, but I'm just not sold on that. Well, man, it's, uh, it's really interesting to hear, you know, from the horse's mouth, essentially you know, a, a real Vegas fan on, on, on what's right. going on with the organization, because, you know, like with anything, you know, when you're watching, you know, 82 games out of the year, you're going to see things, you're going to notice things that, you know, the casual fan, or I wouldn't say the casual fan, but the person who only gets to see five games out of the year, you know, on, mm-hmm. on, on, on TV that, that, uh, that we're not going to catch what, what you do really interesting, but to move on, you know, we're talking about Robin Leonard, you know, he made some, uh, a really powerful statement the other day when he was talking about how, some teams are giving players Ambien on, on, on traveling, you know, on, on traveling trips to, to help, to help yeah. them relax and, and, and stuff, you know, and that's, that's absolutely right. incredible, you know, because mm-hmm. I believe that stuff is supposed to be monitored and oh, yeah. only be subscribed because, um, you know, I, I believe those are psychoactive drugs. So not psychoactive, but they, they, you know, they I mean, you use them to treat depression and anxiety, right? And which which can happen 
you know, when you have, when you have an injury, um, right. you know, and you're out for a while. Right. And, you know, I know the NHL is looking to interview him. I think the Players mm-hmm. Association is looking to interview him as well, but they hadn't said anything, uh, for, for, at least from what I knew, uh, after he said it, 24 hours after he made his, his comments, which is really interesting. Uh, and you know what? Th- these are... Um, because he mentioned Elaine, Elaine Vigneault in his, in his comments. And he said today that he wasn't specifically talking about Elaine Vigneault, that he was giving it to players. He was just saying in general that he's a hard guy to, to, to yeah. play for. Right, right. But if there is truth to this, man, you know, this could be a really, really big deal, you know, that they're, that they're handing this stuff out to players. You know, where do you stand at with, uh, you know, with Lander's comments? I'm kind of torn, uh, you know, and I got to be honest. Um, members of my family have battled what Robin Leonard's battled. So, in no way, shape, or form should what Robin Leonard is battling be the story. And if you look at some of the comments underneath, which <laughs> streams for miles <laughs> now, right? If you know, if you look at a lot of the comments, people are calling him crazy. And, and that hits a chord, you know, because yeah. the man is not crazy. The man is absolutely right. He has the courage and he is standing up for what a lot of other players cannot, cannot say or do. Because Robin Leonard has nothing to lose. Robin Leonard will be the voice of the players. And if he goes down as that and nothing else, he would be fine with that because he did all he could and he said all he could. Now, why didn't Robin Leonard go right to the NHL with this or the NHLPA or not Twitter? Twitter is uh, the player's voice. It's the player's platform when other people are not and organizations are not listening. I don't believe that everybody is listening to what Robin Leonard is saying. Robin Leonard is saying that these locker rooms and these organizations are open pharmacies without prescriptions. And when you have an opioid problem in this country, have for a long time, somebody needs to listen. And I think his meeting should be valid. He should, he should speak. He should do everything he can. And people, you know, who, you know, doctors and team officials who are allowing it should be held accountable because you can kill somebody. You could you could do a lot of damage, and a lot of these guys have injuries, and they have to play through them. And sometimes they don't. Sometimes they use narcotics and other drugs to get through them. And it's really sad. But I don't think that Robin Leonard was bored. You know, me and me and Paula, the goal, you know, the golden wife, have gone, you know, went back and forth, you know, about this. And it, it, it's for some people, it's a lot. It's a lot for Robin Leonard to every month, you know, be in the spotlight, be in the headlines. You know, all you're supposed to do, dude, is go stop pucks, right? That's what some people will say. Well, that's the equivalent of having, of of telling someone in the NBA to go bounce a ball, okay? It's wrong. Let the man speak because he's got a lot to say. He's been in enough organizations that he knows what he's talking about. So he should be heard. And something should be done. If they want to run an investigation, let them do it. Who's the source? Robin Leonard and anybody else that's talked to Robin Leonard because he's been in enough, he's been in enough locker rooms. I think I think the guy deserves a chance. 
I think considering that he he went straight to Twitter should give you really um, all of the insight that you really need, because maybe he felt that, you know what, if I go to the NHL with this, they're not going to do shit. If I go to the NHLPA about this, they're not going to do anything about it. And so what I need to do is go to Twitter and, you know, make some make some waves with this and then force them to listen. To be honest with you, I think that's why he I think that's why he did it. And also, if he did go to the NHL about it and spoke about it, they could have said, "Okay, um, we're going to investigate this. By the way, you can't mention this to anybody going forward. And, you know, make him sign some kind of freaking agreement. He doesn't, right. you know, that where we're he's he's silenced. You know, I saw some of the comments on there, too. And it's a, a lot of things. Something that a lot of people don't know is I actually have anxiety myself. And it's really surprising for a lot of people because um, it's one of those things where for a long time I, I suffered in silence and, you know, nobody really has any idea, you know, what's going on, you know, and it comes to a head one day. And, and, and when, and when that day comes, man, it's, uh, you know, it, uh, it's, it's, it's brutal. So when people are, are out there and, and, and talking about, you know, he's crazy, you know, it, it just goes to show you that there's a lot more that needs to be done about, about, uh, mental health. And, and I would probably say education about it too, because, you know, there's such a, there's such a line, like when someone says they have anxiety, people are kind of just blow it off. They're like, Oh yeah, that sucks. Maybe you're, you're just like a little nervous, you know, it's like, no, that's not what it's like. What it's like is the walls are fucking closing in on me. There's a hurricane outside. There's a tornado coming in through the window and everybody is just standing there looking at you like nothing is wrong, you know? And I don't think that. Um, that there's enough education on on mental health, and I think that it that needs to go out there. I'm glad that Robin Leonard is out there, you know, advocating, you know, for these types of things and and, and really bringing it to light uh, about players, you know, playing through injuries. Uh, I, I believe Calvin Dehan last week said that he played last year with a broken tibia, which either he's misspoken or maybe he's, he's blowing it completely out of proportion because I would think that that's an absolute impossibility to, uh, to do something like that. But if you're hopped up on Oxycontin, I would, I would probably imagine that it's really not that hard. Do you know what I mean? And, um, For sure. and the whole, the whole thing of, have you ever seen the last boy scout with, with Bruce Willis? No, I have not. There's a, there's a part at the beginning where the, this guy, he owes money, you know, he's, he's on, um, you know, he's on, uh, on painkillers, you know, and, and in the, the main guy too, you know, he got kicked out of the league because he, he was, he was caught, he was on painkillers, but it's such a commonality in professional sports where guys are, are on painkillers because they need to play through the pain so that they can get paid on their contract, you know, so they can make it in the game. And I think that it's, it's, it's getting to a point now where, you know, the line needs to be drawn. Look, I'm all, I'm all out, I'm all out there for, for guys, you know, playing through some, through some injuries, but when you've got, you know, Patrice Bergeron and I believe it was 2013 playing through, you know, with a ruptured lung, there needs to be a, a line drawn. And a lot of people are like, oh yeah, the guy's a, a hero. You know, what if, what if he just, just collapsed right there on the ice and died? you know, with, with a, with, with a punctured lung because he's out there trying to, you know, tr trying to, you know, prove something in, in a way. 
And I mean, uh, they would have said that they would have said that he shouldn't. He shouldn't have. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, and then so Alec the Martinez thing. also played nineteen games, nineteen playoff games last year with a broken foot. Alec Martinez. I right. Painkillers. There. You know. Yeah. Right then and there. Yeah. And it's like Bobby Probert, Mike. Yeah. That poor guy had to live his life the last couple of years of oxycotton just to take the pain away. Brutal. And Absolutely can you brutal. That? Just and then the alcohol abuse, and then it's yep. it's, it's gotta horrific. be a rough way. One thing to another. And yeah. and then and then here we are on the outside banging on the banging on the glass when guys are you know getting in fights and stuff like that you know and that's why I have a real um, I have a really funny relationship with sportsmen because a part of me is like this is so awesome you know this is great and then like there's another part of me that's like this it's like the modern day gladiators you know and am I supporting this guy who's not going to be able to walk in in ten years can't walk right you know. Robin I mean, Leonard is a heroes. beast, man. He's a you beast. Know. Robin Leonard is yeah, a beast. He to, is. To, and to he, have and his he's problem. Lost yeah. And like, can you, he has these health issues and put that on top. He's a goalie. That's another thing. Like, I, I was a goalie my whole career playing. Do you know how, like, you're looking up at the ceiling the night before, like, oh man, what am I going to do? And you're thinking about it. Then the whole car ride with your parents, you're in silence and not thinking. And that's got to be. 100 times more pressure in the NHL, like playing in front of 50,000 people or 30,000 people, whatever, and people watching you. It's just, it's, he handles it so well for, you know, having all these issues. I mean, all these guys do, you know, all these guys handle it well because sometimes I, I mean, the biggest games of the year. And it's just them in front of a net. And if they let that little black rubber thing go in, you know, I mean, it's like over, you know what I mean? And especially in the playoffs, everything is so do or die. Everything is so edgy. Your seat. That's what makes hockey, in my opinion, the best sport. I mean, hands down. And I mean, the playoffs are great. You know, you can hide, though, if you're a forward defense. If you're having a bad game, you can hide. But when you're a goalie, the starting goalie, the man, when you're the man, you you are you have the spotlight on you and the pressures on you. And he he nails it out of the park, man. He doesn't even look like he has any issues. He's calm. No, like he's going to go. He's got I mean, Vegas is going to play the Flyers and he's going to skate over past uh, Elaine Vigneault. (laughs) Hi. I remember when they they first got him. Wasn't he tweeting at like Evander Kane, calling him like yes. Baby Shark or something? I was yes. dying. Well, well, him and you know him and Ryan Reeves and Evander Kane had a relationship, but but Leonard yeah. was not afraid to do it either. And Leonard probably isn't afraid to talk about you know Evander Kane and his gambling issues either. Yeah, he, he'll just go he'll just go right at it. You know what I mean? He Leonard probably has would. No fear, yeah. no fear, and, and and that's what makes him. Interesting and special, and yeah. you know, in the game. And I don't you know, think I drop him. He does. I wouldn't drop him against Leonard. He no, just I looks like he would flip a switch and like be like an you. animal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Um, so moving forward, is there anything going on in the NHL that's really caught your eye? Like anything that you're really looking forward to during the season? Well. For me, it's got to be having a full 82-game slate, everybody playing everybody, you know, Vegas getting to go back east, East Coast teams getting to come out to Vegas. Normalcy, I would say. I would say that normalcy is the biggest thing. Um, Interesting that there's really not going to be any hockey in February. Uh, We can call the Olympics hockey 
but let's be honest from february 1st to february 25th basically there's like no hockey okay so that's kind of rough um i mean getting back in the olympics you know in the olympics is good for the americans it's good for the players it's good for north america it's you know it's good for the world but you know that's going to be kind of lonely um it's just it's going to be you know gerard Gallant uh playing against the knights seattle coming into the league flurry mark andre flurry playing against vegas you know and i just yeah. it was it was really it was really important for you know f- you know for our show to come on your show and just you know just to tell you how much how much of an amazing human being you guys have i'm sure you're well aware but just just he's fantastic and he's going to do some things that are just going to make you just say wow and why is he not in pittsburgh why is he not in vegas exactly. he's a hall of famer he's a future hall of famer and he won the vet you know the vesna last year had the best year of his career three-time cup winner he just smiles and when he smiles he takes your he takes a little piece of your heart because he plays the game with so much love and i'm really bitter that he left not that he went to chicago but that he left but that ownership let him go for a price a price that they paid him and that he didn't he didn't he's going to be like i mean what is he going to say no i'm not going to sign a contract for seven million dollars you hand me seven million dollars i'm going to take it i mean you're out of your mind if you don't right so he it's just it's going to be you know when he comes to vegas and he gets that ovation it's just it's gonna feel like it goes on forever and vegas is probably gonna meet the blackhawks in the playoffs and flurry is gonna make 60 million saves every game (laughs) (laughs) because they deserve it because because they deserve it for the way that they treated him and some people on social media that day i remember when he got traded were like nah so what seven million dollars we can we can spare really seven million dollars you can spare let's see brett howden uh Brassois, you got Dadnov. I mean, I'm not I mean I mean Nolan Patrick, they were able to swing for Cody Glass. Cody Glass was was dead in the water a year and a half ago because he had no confidence. The you know, the the organization had no confidence in him. You know, I, I really think that they just they they gave away Marc Andre Fleury. I mean, if you just want to take away, you know, a little bit of the numbers away, they did. But there's for nothing. Yeah. For I mean, in my opinion, I mean, and people will argue with you. They will argue with you until their teeth fall off that they did not give Marc Andre Fleury up for nothing, and they did. They also gave Ryan Reeves, who was a tone setter, sometimes taking yeah. himself out of plays because of his physicality. That. I didn't get for that. a third round pick. I don't get it either. I don't think I ever will. I think you could put that on my tombstone. I do yeah. not understand why ryan reeves was traded for a third round pick here lies me you know what i mean like it was completely ridiculous but yeah like when you think of vegas that's who you that's who i thought of i mean i thought of ryan reeves mark andre flurry yeah right exactly i thought thought ryan reeves was was um he seemed to me he seemed like more of like a fan favorite identity for the organization and the city and and, and a and, and a tone setter and I, I thought that I, I was, I mean, I understood why New York wanted him. <laughs> right. Oh, you know? yeah. Because that's a Wilson's dead right. in the water. Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> I mean, he was he was a fan favorite and he just had so much, you know, him and Flurry both had character and so much, so much given up on the ice, you know, 
from both. And what what a lot of organizations and, and different teams, fans might not know in different podcasts and shows and, and, and writers is that Vegas and the organization is giving, is rubbing people in and out of the organization the wrong way. In the past year to year and a half, it's been like 13 to 15 plus organizational people have left the organization. Wow. Vegas. You're talking about in arena people. You're talking about people in the front office, not players. That 13 to 15 was not player related at all. And I think that between the way that they've treated players and or other on the way out, at some point, do players and other people wonder, hey, should I really go to Vegas? Because I'm kind of going to end up looking like a jackass on the way out because that's what they've done. You know, a lot of people that put together that pregame show are not with the organization anymore. Some of their in you know, in arena talent on the pregame, postgame networks have left and other and something's up. And I don't think that we're going to get an answer about that. But there's there's some something in the pot that's brewing. Somebody or some people are rubbing people wrong, I guess is the best way to put it. And not a lot of organization and organizational fans know that. But it's, I got, it's really I got a question for you. Since you're getting into this, what okay. happened with Gerard Gallant? Because I thought he was great this first year. I mean, he made it to the final. I, I mean, I never really got the real story about this. So... Gerard Gallant, I remember exactly where he was. He he was let go. They had just lost four games in a row. Okay. They had a losing streak. Um, it started when they were they were up three games to one in the you know in the Western first round against San Jose. Um, that's where the crack in the relationship between Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, George McPhee and and uh, Gerard Gallant started about halfway through the year. Like I said, they had a four game losing streak. Uh, in in their opinion, they felt like you know he lost the locker room. Um, I don't really believe that Mm-mm. that that actually happened. I feel like you have Pete DeBoer who beat you, and he was just fired a month earlier from San Jose. You have him sitting in Florida doing absolutely nothing. I want to make a splash. This team has expectations. They've had expectations from day one, from year one. We have to get back on track. So they can Gerard Gallant. Now, lucky for Gerard Gallant, they were actually able to get him, you know, out of the arena and, you know, into an airplane, unlike the Florida Panthers, who basically (laughs) left him. (laughs) Yeah left him at the arena and his family with nowhere to go. Wow. I mean, or, you know, it was bad. They at least were able to get him travel. Great for them. And, you know, next thing you know, you have Gerard Gallant's fired. Pete DeBoer's in. The guy that Gerard Gallant called a clown. 
and that everybody in Vegas was basically calling a clown, that's your guy. And now we've all got to be on board with that. That was tough. That was tough for a lot of people, Gerard Gallant was the original coach. Yeah. Who, who, Pete DeBoer? Yeah, I am. No, I yeah, no, there's don't, a lot of don't those. understand. He's been on New Jersey lost. He's been with the Sharks lost. I, I don't see the hype. I mean, if you guys made, fired Gallant for Joe Quinville, yeah, I understand that one, but did not get that one. Um, it was it was definitely. I thought it was a joke. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a joke. It was it was. It was very surprising to us all. DeBoer has taken, you know, his his two prior teams to the NHL final, you know, and, you know, to the Stanley Cup in his first year with both. Yeah. So his first year in New Jersey and his first year in San Jose. But um I mean I mean that's it, you know. Yep, so never never got it done. So hey man, um is there anybody you want to uh you want to give a shout out to? want to let everybody know your your social media sites yeah for sure so you know you can catch you know me at vegas fever pod uh that's the vegas fever podcast site and you can also catch uh my wife her twitter is at the golden wife and we also do another show called the golden line which is which i've talked to mike about um it's more of a current event it's more of what's going on in the world, hard-hitting stuff. It, it, it really is interesting. We have one episode out, but we're working on doing more. Uh, but those are the two ways uh, to find us. Just appreciate all the, you know, appreciate all the listens and subscribes. And uh, we're growing. And it, it's, I mean, I'm over 10,000 followers. I, I didn't think two people would follow me, you know, a year <laughs> ago. I mean, I'd be lucky if I got followed by a ham sandwich, dude. You know what I mean? So, us too. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm really, I mean... You know, you guys do fantastic stuff, and I appreciate you guys having us, you know, having Thank us you. on. Um, you know, we should definitely do it again. You know, we we got some matchups, you know, this season between, you know, the Hawks and, and the Knights to talk about, and there's going to be plenty more going on. But but that's us. We're just, you know, we're just Vegas people. We're, we're, uh, we're pretty, you know, pretty hard on them sometimes, but sometimes they deserve it. But they, you know, they... It gives us a lot of joy and fun, and we like doing it. So you guys are taking the Pacific, no doubt, number one Pacific. Yeah, well, my I opinion. I agree. You I think it. Seattle's going to sneak in. I think Seattle's going to be in the really? top three. I do. Huh. Yeah, uh, I do. We I were do. mentioning we think that Seattle's going to be um, not like how the Knights came in and kind of just blew everybody away, but I think we, they're going to be a pretty decent team, and they're not going to be in the dredges of the of the NHL like where the Coyotes are going to be. Oh yeah. Oh, I think that. I mean. Yeah, it's gonna be like epically bad, and they're moving to the central. You could just forget it. <laughs> Thanks for the points. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey man, thank you Absolutely. for coming on. We'll definitely have you on again, uh, probably probably around a Vegas game. It'll be a, a great time. And once again, thank you for your time. And uh, we'll see you next time, man. This is a tomahawk. We're out of here. Peace.